Five, four, three, two. Aloha, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of the Moana Nui podcast. I know y'all excited about today's episode. We have our After Dark panel, our Disney lineup as usual. So I know y'all ready to uh, comment, discuss about today's topic. But before we get started, for those that are new to tuning in, first, let me introduce myself. I am Dana, the other half of the Moana Nui podcast. I am a event planner, a con cosplay and con staff photographer for conventions like Dragon Con, MomoCon, MA Week Atlanta, and you've even seen my pictures with DC Comics. Um, I'm also a voice actor and a little bit more. Um, and of course, uh, before we get started with our panel, um, you know, a couple friendly reminders of some of the amazing things that are going on right now. Uh, we have, as far as announcements, Moana, our other half of the show, her third children's book is now on Kickstarter for Nicole Nahea. If you tuned in, um, a couple weeks ago, she had the real life Nicole Nohea that is part of the inspiration of her books on to kick off the um, Kickstarter for everybody to get to meet and greet them. So definitely support the um, that Kickstarter uh, for that. Um, it is live right now. So definitely go ahead and support the Kickstarter um, for that. And I am going to put the link. Um, we'll have the link available for you all to join that. And then, of course, Mal uh, Malachi Bailey, who you all know from our indie uh, uh, project of the month. His first issue of her as a comic uh, with Wingless Comics is officially out also. So definitely go and support that comic. And now, with, after those announcements, let me go ahead and bring our panelists to the front. First, we're going to have our very own Lizette Lewis uh, with us. We have our Prince John with us once again. We have our very own Demarius also uh, on the uh, panel again. And of course, we now... For this episode and going forward, we have a, a new edition. Our, we actually took two uh, new editions, but the second one is having some technical issues. So hopefully they'll join us later. And our next panelist is Ashton. So now I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to our panelists to talk about tonight's new topic. So here we go. And it's all yours. Right. All right. So we're here. We're here. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and kick this thing on off. Um, we'll get all intros. As Dana said, my name is Demarius Newsom. Um, I'm an attorney based out of Atlanta. Um, Disney is my jam. Avatar is my jam. Um, I found some new love for Pinocchio via the live action that we're going to get into later on this evening. Um, outside of that, you know, I just like to sit around, nerd out, and hang, hang out and spend time with my good friends and everyone else. So let's get it. 
All right. Well, then I will introduce myself next. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Demaris Twin, known as Prince John on all social media platforms. I am a sales manager up here in the Triangle in North Carolina. I also do makeup and uh, in school for social media and PR. Um, Pinocchio was not one of my favorite Disney OGs, but this real, I, I have some thoughts about this new one that we'll get into eventually. Um, my nerdisms is video games, video games, and anything cozy. And I guess I will go next. Um, first of all, I love the makeup. Um, hey, I am Lizette Lewis, aka Sailor Ecstasy. Um, I am Sailor Ecstasy on all social media platforms. I am a special education teacher. I teach high school. I am a mom. I am a licensed Zumba teacher. I am also a kick-ass cosplayer as well. Um, I've been cosplaying since 2006. Um, I am an old lady, so <laughs> I am trying my best now. This is almost my bedtime, um, but I am here and I will help with moderating the, the panel. But of course, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always reach out to me and we're going to introduce our new panelists. Hi, I'm Ashton. Um, I'm based out of Long Beach, California. I'm a mom and a softball coach. And uh, my nerdisms are Disney bounding, anything Disney, and most horror or psychological thrillers. Love all of that. All right. Oh, go ahead. Um, so really, we're just going to be here just to talk about just between the 1940 Pinocchio movie as well as the 2022 remake that just dropped on Disney Plus a couple weeks back. Um, and I'm going to pass it over to our moderator, uh, Ms. Lewis, <laughs> let's go ahead and get so, it going. All right. So our first question is, uh, since we've all seen the original Pinocchio movie and some of us have not seen the new one, compare the two because I'm going to just be here listening and I'll chime in when I can. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go first because I just finished it actually today in preparation for this uh, podcast. I really, really just overarchingly love what Disney is doing with the live actions in general. Um, I like that they are they taking are. some creative liberties um, with some of their live actions. I, I think they're okay. Um, I think I prefer, for the most part, <laughs> prefer the new one. Um, I think it, it hit home for me a lot harder, maybe because I'm actually of age to really appreciate the story that's being told. Um, we gonna talk about the end at a later time because I have feelings about it. Some strong feelings about it. Not that I hated it. I didn't hate the end. I did not hate the end. But we gonna talk. I don't want to derail the initial part. But we gonna talk about it because I have feelings. <laughs> but you liked the the newer one better than the old one? I did. Okay. I liked it. I liked both of them. So I was a fan of the original one. So I liked some of the liberties they took. I thought that was great. Changed up slightly. I missed the walking underwater scene, but I like mm -hmm. that it's not in there because then I still get it when I watch the original and I'm not seeing the same thing all the time. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I like you know, Pinocchio overall. Now, I did like one thing I noticed is that Monstro is not a giant whale. He's an he actual monster, monster so awesome. which like 
I think like absolutely added to like why I kind of like the new one more because and I never mm-hmm. understood why everyone's terrified of this big old sperm whale. Like that doesn't even make I any mean, sense. They have stories like, where the whales used to attack ships. No, because they didn't know no better. So I think it makes sense in the modern scheme, especially with the other, like all the other, like one of the movies that just came out um, on Netflix, that uh, sea monster movie. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Like mm-hmm. the cartoon one? The sea yeah. Beast? Sea Beast. There we go. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I-, I think having him be an actual sea monster, he was very well done. Like obviously he's fake. He looked fake. But I think like the way that he was, a, like it's just obviously it's fantastical. It's very, like I loved the monstro uh, character. I just, I don't know why. I, I, just, I think he did great. I think it, they did great with revamping him. Yeah. I wanted more of him, honestly. Yeah. yeah like sure. I, yeah, I, I wanted more of him. was expecting more of like the, the sneezing thing, the him chasing them thing. Like I was expecting more. Again, the <laughs> Yeah. But I like how they edited it. It's that it worked for a live action ish because this was definitely a world where magic existed and we were talking to foxes, and that was okay. Keegan right. Michael uh, Key did a fantastic job as Honest John. I just want to make that known for the record. Just make that mm-hmm. known for the record. Of course. Um, but then again, I don't expect anything less because it's Keegan Michael Key. Um, but it's still Tom Hanks, or not Tom Hanks. Um, the little well, you know, a, a magical puppet. Yes. Talking to a fox. And we're all okay with the fox like walking down the street and like having That's a cat like, friend. And, a cat. and you're like, well, we and a talking cricket with and like the fact that Jiminy has human feet. Yeah. Oh, wasn't the feet starting fire the cutest thing though? It yes, really was I, actually. That was adorable. And I looked at your face for that. And that's good. That's going to get into what I want to talk about in terms of the movie. But I also say that the first time I watched Pinocchio, I was like, which one? The original. When I first watched, okay. when I first watched the original, I was a small boy. I was like five years old. I was at a family friend's house. Um, I remember all of that. Ashton, Ashton, we, we've been doing the Disney thing for a while. Are you really surprised about the fact that I have these like core memories related to Disney movies? Um, watching the original, when I was a kid. Then even going back and revisiting it as a teen, then as a young adult, and now Presley's a thirty-year-old. I'm like, okay, this movie definitely like rings in a lot of good places. But I'll say that I like what the new movie did because it filled in a lot of those holes that the first movie just wanted us just to be like, except for what they were. But it ultimately mm-hmm. then fed into the rest of the characters. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I personally liked, I personally liked the way that Pinocchio came off in in the live action movie, even just from an animation standpoint. Because I'm like, no, it like it looks like a puppet, but I know that it's not a puppet, and we're good. And I also like the intricacy in uh, Jiminy's jacket, how like those were actually his wings. They were attached to the jacket as opposed to him just wearing external clothes. You know what? I didn't even notice that. I didn't even know. Have to, no, you're right. That. Yes, you're, like I did not you're notice. Absolutely that. right. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt did a fantastic job doing the voice acting as well. Like mm-hmm. when I first heard it, I'm like, that him. sounds like the Jiminy I know. And we're gonna get into why Jiminy is, in my personal opinion, not a good conscience, like at all, because he definitely. Oh he definitely I I prefer the OG Jiminy than. This vagabond trying to prove himself. This whole story it's no is different. nothing but it's no different. It, I don't think so. I think I the old one was very like the old one has that kind of like I'm like it's I'm doing hard times, but I stay in true for what I'm doing. What I'm doing. This new Jimmy is like I don't know what I'm doing. We are gonna make it happen. That's two different sentiments. That's two. And that's honestly, two very different sentiments. And sentiments. honestly, you know what I'm getting. You know what. 
Lizette, I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm just I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it over right quick. I'm gonna go ahead and just answer my question. I'm gonna go ahead and ask my question first. Um, with what do you guys think that the remake did that improved the narrative that Pinocchio was trying to tell? What do you guys Wait, think? Before, before you answer that question, I just want to interject real quick. I don't know if you guys know, but in the, in the original story, you know that Pinocchio killed Jiminy, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so mm -hmm. do you feel like this story could have been without? Jiminy? I mean, I'm still answering your question, but I just like real quick off the top of my head. Like, do you feel like the story could have been great without the Jiminy character? Because you know, they Disney fight it. Disney he stayed alive, but in the original, he died. So do you think he was really needed? In the animated version, he was needed. And in the in the live action version, he wasn't. Okay. Because in my opinion. Because in my opinion, because um, of course, because Jiminy was supposed to be representing a conscience, right? Supposed to be helping Pinocchio, like, and guiding him and making right decisions and everything else. Let's first start with the fact that Jiminy definitely broke and entered into, into, Geppetto, into Geppetto's home, first and foremost. And then exploited his resources, like his heat and his water and his food, and acted like it wasn't an issue. Then he started, see, then he, oh, was, then he was talking smack about the home he was in. He's like, why we got all these clocks? And why is right making all this, like, noise and everything else? It was but loud. Very... Look, if I'm trying to saying the OG, the OG was just making passive commentary. He was real. This one has a he has a there's something in him that he gotta work through. Which the old one, go ahead. No, finish up what you're saying. I thought the old one like told Pinocchio what to do. Like, go tell Honest John no, we're going to school. And he's like, Okay, great. Honest John was like, Let's go. Great, all right, let's go. And he's just like, I'm gonna say whatever you want me to say. And the new one, I thought it was more like you you feel that it's wrong, right? Like let's let's go off that and then kind of get there on your own. I'm gonna try to help push it's you very that much way. Like, what are you doing? Like, yes. Like what are you doing? More like, like you know parental like guidance than mm. or big brother guidance than yeah. um you know someone telling you what to do like your mom and dad and you're just like just leave me alone. Right. I will say like go ahead, John. Oh, go ahead. Go. No, no, because I'm mine's gonna lead into the my point that I, I had. So yeah. So for me, the first point in the live action movie where I said I'm really going to like this new version of the story is when the Blue Fairy shows up and makes Pinocchio and, br and brings Pinocchio alive, right? Mm -hmm. And Pinocchio at first is doing that same kind of passive "I'm repeating what I've been told" thing at first, until she taps him in the mind, and then he begins to start thinking for himself. But mm -hmm. then when the Blue Fairy looked at Pinocchio and looked at Jimmy and said. You will serve to be his conscience until he grows one of his own. Mm -hmm. And it's in that moment, like you look at the live action, it's like just like you're saying, Pinocchio is really passive in every single decision he makes in the animated, every single one. Hey, we're going to school. Okay, you're gonna go be an actor. Cool. All right, we're going to Pleasure Island. Okay. No, we're leaving Pleasure Island. Sure. And he doesn't start to begin to develop his own sense of choices until he gets into Monstro. Mm -hmm. While in the live action, you literally see he's like, he's sitting, he's learning, and he's observing. And then his actions and his decisions then begin to shape and morph as he goes through the story. Mm -hmm. So he's literally growing his own conscience like we all should as people. Because like when we're kids and we're born, our parents are all like, this is what you should do. Bam, boom, whatever. And I know all four of us here on this call, I'm not going to say anything specific because I don't know y'all lives, all looked and say, all we're just like, okay, cool, we're going to parrot that until we decide that we're no longer going to. But we eventually got to a point in ourselves
where we said, you know what? I need to make better decisions for whatever the reason, because I want to make those decisions. And I think in the live action that shows Pinocchio, like, like what he's like, at first he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go to school. He gets thrown out. Well, they were rude. Why do I want to necessarily go to school? But he eventually learns the value of that decision. Dealing with Honest John back and forth and dealing with Stromboli and learning with the, I forgot the new girl's name. I loved, I loved her new character. Uh, Sambina. Thank you. I love Sambina. I loved her character. But specifically, like when we get to Pleasure Island, it's like, it's, so Pinocchio, what are you going to do? And everybody's looking at him like this. He's like. Yeah, like the peer pressure song was awesome. I love that. And you can, yeah, and like, and you can see. Great. And you can see his hesitation. He's like, okay, I'm going to go with it, but I'm not certain. And that's when he started developing, because Jiminy wasn't there. He got, he was fainted under, that's when he, I felt a comment, but that's when I think he first started growing. Under like, the basket. That seedling, that seedling popped in. And he was like, you know, this might not be what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have that self-affirmation of Jiminy being his conscience, being like, yes you're on the right path. Let's maintain that path. So when you don't have that training, which again will lead to my second point that I put in the post in the chat, when you don't have that training to listen to that voice, and so all you have is just, it's like when people have cochlear implants and they have like gone their lives not being deaf, you don't have that training of your brain to tune out white noise. It's just all here. So he is having this sprout of a conscience don't know who to listen to. And all you hear is the person you're supposed to trust. He literally told old man, I don't trust you. And he the guy did this, whole, this whole song and dance about what you're going to do. And the person he's supposed to trust is fainted under the carriage. So all he can go off of is this brand new conscience. I don't know what to do with. I, this is weird. I don't like this. So people who go through discomfort and don't know how to process their discomfort, which is why I think the whole point of the story is and trauma and not processing things properly, hmm. literally make bad decisions. They're trying to do the right thing, but they make bad decisions every single time. You hit it. Why they on the do head. the song about peer pressure. Yes. John, you hit it right on the head when you said they're trying to do the right thing, but they don't. As opposed to like, if the animated seemed like, for lack of better terms, Pinocchio didn't give a damn whether or not he was doing the right thing or the wrong thing until it hit with a negative consequence. Damn. While 2022, while 2022, Pinocchio said, "Hee-haw!" It won't till the hee-haw happened that he was like, "Oh, maybe I've been making bad decisions." Nah, right. he was the OG one. I liked how they did the the Pleasure Island scenes, and I still have a point to get back to before. But I yeah. liked how they did the Pleasure Island scenes because his the facial. The, the faces that Pinocchio was making throughout that whole thing was just like, this might not be like, it's this again, it's the same thing as when a child is off away from their parent in college or doing whatever. And that deep seated, your parents' voice is here. And you're like, I don't know if this is where I need to be right now, but I don't know where I need to be right now. And, and once you find out that. And the OG one, Pinocchio was like, oh yeah, this is great. This is. Oh, wait, hold on. And it goes then to how even in our own lives, sometimes like we don't sometimes we don't always get those moments of direct and immediate consequences that say, hey, maybe we need to be making a better decision. But that direct process, like just like you're saying, like in college or in life or for those of us who lived in Atlanta. And that's all that I'm going to say about that aspect. 
That is all I am going to say. It's like it's 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 like it's like it's a kind of ingrown it's that kind of ingrained ingrown training, as well as the fact I also appreciate the fact that Blue Fairy wasn't acting as a Deus Ex Machina in the 2022 movie. She said, "Here's your life. Here's your task. Do what see do what is best." And the magic will manifest itself as it needs to. That's really what she did. That was an excellent segue. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I liked that better than how they did it in the original where she kept popping in and like explaining it to him mm-hmm. and he wasn't getting it. It was better that as he grew and understood what was going on or made better decisions, like his ears went away. I was disappointed when his tail went away though because then I knew we weren't getting the water scene. Bruh, like, yes. Mm-hmm. Like I was... Mm. To the, oh, what you just said, Twin, like, what I was going to say before, you brought up the Blue Fairy. If anyone here has watched anime or anyone watching this has watched anime with Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, there is what's called the um, Life Stitcher Alchemist. It's just, let, me, let, me, let me make the point. And when he does the deed that is full of many memes and the little dog says Edward multiple times... So in the scene with the blue fairy, when the light hits, it hits his dead son's picture first and then hits the Pinocchio. And Mm. as I'm sitting here thinking about it, is Pinocchio more of a manifestation or reintroduction of his son's soul or spirit or whatever? But just like how Kagome isn't really Kikyo or any other type of reincarnation, he's his own person, but it's still the same soul. And when he first gets manifested or comes alive or whatever, all he can do is parrot. And that scene made me think about the Full Metal, Bro- Full Metal Alchemist scene where Edward and Al go to the Mina-Dog hybrid Chimera, and all it's doing is literally echoing. It just got created. It's literally echoing. It's just a soul. There's nothing else imprinted upon it until it sees, oh, this is something I can recognize. And the same thing happens when the blue fairy taps his head. His mind gets open. He's like, oh, this is something. I, you're the blue fairy. Hello, blue fairy. I'm, I don't know my name. Like, just, I love that scene because my first thought is, did he, he, she literally said that the wish that he made is twisted or something, whatever she, whatever she said. He didn't wish for Pinocchio to be real. He wished Pinocchio was his dead son. Hmm. So his soul got put into Pinocchio, but Pinocchio, he can't come back. Him dead. So all he did was just give Pinocchio, the, just I'm telling you, the, you know, equivalent exchange is a thing. All he did is take the soul, put it in Pinocchio, but Pinocchio still has to be his own person. He still mm-hmm. has to turn into a real boy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is why at the very end, I suit. Again, I really love how the affirmation of Geppetto saying, I made a mistake. I am so sorry that I wished a different wish. I'm sorry for making you feel like you had to be someone else because he knew his wish was not for Pinocchio. He wished for his dead son. Mm-hmm. Parental accountability. Parental accountability. Which goes into my whole entire point of that I think this new one, I can't, again, the OG was not my favorite, so I've only seen like a handful of times. But this one, I thought this whole story is not about Pinocchio. It's about Mm -hmm. Geppetto not dealing with his trauma of losing his wife and his son. For whatever reason, whatever the background is, whatever, literally, the way I kept, I'm sitting here watching this, I'm like, oh, this man has a fish. This man has a cat. This man is stuck in, 
And the clock motif that's constantly in the movie, this man's stuck in time. He wants to preserve the peace of not acknowledging that his son is gone and his wife is gone. And the love that he had for his wife was manifested into his son, which is a product of love. And then his son died. And instead of trying to, quote unquote, bring his wife back, he brings back his son, who is the manifestation of the love of his wife. And he can't sell the clocks because that is what his wife loved about him, about what he did or whatever. Because and he refuses to move on from the memory of his trauma. Of time. And just like how anyone who deals with the trauma of death, you try to fill the void. He got a fish. We all know fish don't do much. He got a kitten. That is a kitten. So how recently did his family die for that cat to know his son and his dead wife? Mm. And it's, it's been years. So that kitten doesn't know nothing but trying to please the parent. So again, trying to fill the love of someone dependent upon you. You make a doll of your son with the picture right here. And you wish not for Pinocchio, but for your dead son to come back. The story is nothing but what happened. Disney's whole thing recently with Encanto and everything else has been nothing but the choices of the generations before us affecting us. And this is exactly what this movie is. Mm -hmm. Because it's literally like Pinocchio is striving, striving to be enough. Just to be enough. But he don't know nothing. He got a head full of wood. It's sawdust. He ain't got nothing. But he was always enough. That's the crazy part. You know what? Twin, we have to talk off record. Ashton, what you got? What you got? Because I got to call my therapist now. Because, like, no, Twin. twin I'm just, you just telling you the whole story. And that's why I have such a problem with the end. Because I was ready for it. I was ready for Pinocchio to be... And like, you know, face down on the water. And I was like, Geppetto finally acknowledges that the choices that he made affected his son. He finally acknowledged. That's why I told you I had to talk about the end. Because I'm like, I'm prepared. I have emotional blue balls. I'm like, if Geppetto, Geppetto did all this stuff, he, he started acknowledging at the end that my obsession with my trauma has sent my son off to try and make me proud to go somewhere. He's not where he needs to be. Because I, my thing is, you sent your son to school because he's he doesn't know anything. You didn't walk him to school. You didn't whatever. But your dead son knew where school was. Your dead son was going to school. So you expected him to be exactly what he was before, which he wasn't. And so now you're like, I got to go look for him. Okay, cool. All this stuff happens, as he said, in one daggone day. All of this happens in one day. And you're like, you know what? I may have made a mistake. And at the very end, I'm expecting him to be like, if he had said the same thing, but to a, a resurrected Pinoc real boy Pinocchio, I would have been hit with the good feels. Because you not only affirmed your now son, I, I lost a child. I lost a life, but I still value who you are. Mm -hmm. That's not what happened. The man dead and Pinocchio has to bear the weight of trying to be enough for his father. And it's not until the man has a second chance at life. He's like, you know what? I actually made it. No, that's not how that lesson should have been learned. That's not the original Pinocchio. 110% did it right. Pinocchio should have died. Mm -hmm. And Geppetto should have been like, you know what? I should have dealt with this. And because I, the wish was corrupted from jump. It was corrupted. And it's through Geppetto mourning for who Pinocchio actually is and not the mm -hmm. dead son that he wished he was that resurrects him into being a real boy. I'm going to push back on that one real quick. I'm going to push back on that one real quick. I'm just telling you, I was sitting here like, no, eating food, like no, 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 twim, twim, twim. I'm here for what you're saying. I am here for what you're saying because 
if we're thinking about, as you're talking about all these previous movies, the, the choices and the decisions of the generation from before causing the trauma and an imprint on the generations that come after that require the generations that come after to break that same kind of trauma. But here's where here's where it disconnects. Because in the original, Geppetto was, always, Geppetto was still only focused about Pinocchio being alive and Pinocchio being real. And that was it. That was it. But even with Pinocchio not dying in the live action, when they were there on the beach and Pinocchio had shown that he can still be his own person and Geppetto was saying, you know what? I wanted you to be this thing, but I realized that I needed you to be, but I realized that I needed you to still be your own person. And I'm sorry, because he did own up to that, which I think is still something that is important. And that was the moment that shifted the relationship in the live action to where when Geppetto said, it, basically he was like, it doesn't matter whether or not you are a live living human boy, or a living puppet. You are my child and I love you as you are. Mm-hmm. That that was that was the thing that had me tearing up here in my bed watching this and thing happy like a national night. coming out day for anyone whose parents don't say that to them. But I will say I'm not saying I didn't like the ending. The ending was nice. I'm just saying I was expecting that lesson to come a different way. I understand. And that. I think it would have been for me more powerful if Geppetto had lost Pinocchio despite all Pinocchio was doing, because that happens a lot where the parents are passing on their trauma and they don't real happen in my family. If my Mine. parents see that, I'm sorry. This, uh, facts are facts. You are going to lose me if you don't get your ish together. And it's mm-hmm. usually typically after the loss happens that the parents sit there and it's like, oh, oh, maybe I need to da 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 da. Because Geppetto was going to have to live with the fact that Pinocchio was dead. In the OG one, he was going to have to, like, I'm not saying the stories are literally, like, copy and paste. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying if Pinocchio had died the same way he did in the OG version, Geppetto was going to have to live with the fact, like, the original, the initial trauma was going to be, I lost a second son. And I did not appreciate him. And this this Geppetto was going to have to recognize that he lost a second son and he didn't appreciate him for being a whole separate person. Because the original wish was corrupted. It wasn't a, I want you to be you. I just want my son back. Right. It's not, it's, it's not even that I just want my son back. It's the, I want. I, I wish for you to be the being that I want you to be. It's not accepting your kids for who they are, but constantly trying to make your kids somebody they're not. Happy National Coming Out Day, fam. You know what? <laughs> God's listen. timing is always right. <laughs> All right. Come on, Asher. Asher, Asher, we on a rant. Asher and Lizette, we on a rant. Y'all, 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 y'all got to Which is why I'm getting ready to come in. Ashton, if you would like to like chime in on the last thought, and then we're going to move on to Marius's, uh question. So go ahead. So if you if you prefer the end from the original, John, what do you think they would have done if they would have killed Pinocchio in this one so that they could have gotten to that same point? Because... I enjoyed that that they kind of left it open ended. That when he walked away, he was he was a puppet. He was a real boy. He was a book. It wasn't really what happened. It was a myth. Do you think um, Geppetto dealt with his grief just via a puppet, and all of that was in his head, and that's why it's a magical world of corrupted wishes and talking foxes, and you know, he none of that really happened. And he went through all this experience in one day and ended up on a boat selling all of his possessions because of grief and grief is a bitch and 
you know, it's hard to deal with it. And how do you process it? So yeah, mm-hmm. I, honestly, coming from that, making it more folk- folkloric versus an actual thing that happened, I do, I I will say, that makes it a little bit better. I still think I still think that aligns with my I, my interpretation of it being a cautionary tale about parents grieving and how that sure. affects people. But I do think, coming from that angle, I still think, even if they did it the same way, if they, I still think they could have ended it the same the way, like that last moment where they're like walking towards the blue light, which is the blue fairy, which is the magic, which is the fantasy, that is whatever, the folklore, whatever, the open-endedness. Mm-hmm. They could have kept that. I think if it had been, if literally a copy and paste of what happened where Geppetto's waking up, he's like, okay, everyone's here. Cleo's there. The cat is head stuck in the glass bowl. You know, they're kind of cool or whatever. And then that... I think they lost the opportunity with the live action to have that. And maybe it's because it's supposed to be a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. Having a child that hyper that in the OG, I just very distinctly remember the cinematography of he's laying face down in shadow water and the camera went real quick. Absolutely. And if they had done Absolutely. that in the live action, they would have gotten in trouble. Would have yes, gotten whole It would have been hocus pocus so, casting through your TV. Exactly. I feel like it would if if it had been just literally the positions reversed, it would be Geppetto waking up. If it had been like him, like Pinocchio, and like it, the process of Pinocchio dying, like you know him coughing or whatever, him trying to give CPR, but he's a piece of wood, doesn't have lungs, don't really work. Mm-hmm. Like him recognizing mm-hmm. that yes, this is not a. Re- I've been treating you as if you are a human boy, but you're not. And I have to accept the fact that I messed up and I'm sitting here boo-hooing about you because I'm trying to give you CPR. There's nothing to push on. It's a piece of wood. Right. So he has to reconcile the fact that this magical thing happened and mm-hmm. I have he been not- didn't treat it rightly. Like properly. Right. He didn't do exactly. the right thing. And so then I would have loved to see- you know, Geppetto doing the same thing he did in the OG. Maybe not, he didn't, maybe didn't have to go. Like in the OG version, he went back to the home. All three of them are crying. Boo-hooing, right. Blue Fairy shows up, makes him real. Like, he didn't have to do that. With us. It could have ended exactly the same. It could have been just like doing the same thing that Harry Potter did when Cedric Diggory died and holding him close and like, my boy, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. He could have said the exact same things. He could have been like, you know, exactly the same way. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, he could have been talking, he could have been saying it posthumously. And I still mm-hmm. think that would have given the same powerful statement to me. And mm-hmm. then maybe that could have been the moment where instead of a puppet hand coming up and h- hugging his dad, it could have been a little boy's hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. And maybe so that, that, tr- that transformation happens as Geppetto is recognizing, I didn't love you as you. I loved you as something else. Mm-hmm. So um, you mentioned the second children, right? Yes, Dimar. Oh, am I causing you crisis again, twin? You're causing me a lot of crisis, twin. Actually, because you recall the conversation. I, you know what, this thing's gonna go go ahead and air. Was is it? You know, whatever's maybe. You remember the conversation that I had with you? That was a summary of the conversation that I had with my own family mm-hmm. in the same regard. Mm-hmm. Where, for lack of for lack of better terms, I am my grandmother's Pinocchio. For lack of better terms, that is all that I'm going to say. You've got the background story, Ashton. We are going to talk about this off record. Lizette, we will talk about this one off record. But I remember having the conversation with my grandmother and reconciling our own relationship in a very Encanto, it's a very Encanto turning red kind of aspect where it's like, 
look, here's what happened. And here's what you did. Here are your expectations and your traumas. And I understand that. But here's the harm that it caused to me over here. And that has to be reconciled. And again, when Geppetto looked Pinocchio in his eyes, all wet and said, you know what? I wanted you to be something different, but I see you as you are. And that's the love I'm going to give you as you are. In my opinion, it really doesn't matter whether or not he was turned into a human boy at the end of that movie, or if he was remaining as a puppet in that movie, or even just a figment of Geppetto's imagination mm -hmm. in processing his grief as Ashen is saying. Geppetto at that moment, for lack of I'm going to use his napkin right quick. He lifted the veil of his own expectations to see the beauty of the thing that he created. And the thing that he created, while it's not what he expected, he's like, but it's still beautiful as it is. And for that, come I'm on, like, somebody. And mm. that's the beauty of the Blue Fairy's magic, because the Blue Fairy arguably being more powerful than the Fairy Godmother in every other aspect, because because th this whole given life and everything else. Literally said, literally said, here is your life. Here's the thing is, here's, come on, praise dance, exactly. Get the church fan, get the church fan, get the church fan. Here is your life. Here's your ability to decide for yourself. Do it. And when you, because the, the guiding moral is always going to be that you have to prove yourself brave, truthful, and unselfish. Can the church say amen? And of good courage. The truth will set you free. That you will treat others as you treat yourself. It's the same concept that we all live by. And Pinocchio embodied all three of those aspects in his own special. Exactly. We are turning in our Bibles <laughs> to the Gospel of Disney, chapter, chapter 12, verse 37. Exactly. Where the concept and the moral that Disney is always constantly trying to show us is that there's beauty in who we are, regardless of who others expect us to be. Just, mm -hmm. as, just as Abuela Alma expected Mirabelle to have a gift. Just mm -hmm. as... May's mom expected her to release her panda, just as Mufasa expected Simba to become king, as Frollo expected expected Quasi to just be whatever the hell he was necessarily going to be. Zeus expecting Hercules to do everything else. Everybody's literally living on their own terms. We would be recording this thing on National Coming Out Day, wouldn't we? Wouldn't we? So, okay, so with all of that being said, yeah, take it up, take it up. as the yeah. second child, you see... And you talk about like generationals and how they're trying to change it. As the second child, this he's an old man, right? So like he's trying to do it all again. So thinking of as a grandparent, you coming in and being like, man, I really messed up with my first child. Let's try this because now it's healthy to express emotions constantly. And like the kids are always coming off the field upset and feeling like they didn't do right. And we have to explain to them how to process their emotions. So it's not like before when everything was just buried and you just didn't feel, right? So as this is, let's say this is his second child that he's trying to to process this with, at the end of the movie, he tells him how he fucked up and how I should have done better because you're my second child and I need to acknowledge it because I don't get another go around, which is how, you know, grandparents work for Encanto or how um, if they don't kill him, it's because this, the next generation wrote the movie and this is how we're going to overcorrect because you're absolutely we're right. fixing this trauma because we are going right. to fix this trauma because like, we're not because we're not dealing with it <laughs> really like 
Like, I hate that there's no villain. Like, there's no one to blame. It's just the family needs to get their shit together. And the grandma was using old world thinking and just not seeing her kids for who they are, right? So no, the grandma is Because she's not a villain. She's she's know. an antagonist, but we talked about you. Right. Actually, I wish you had been trauma on the Encanto. I the wish you had been on the Encanto Live. She's the antagonist. The villain is trauma, trauma. is hiding this using your hiding your it's trauma. Different, right. it's a different and, and so yeah, but yeah, but right. We'll have, maybe when Encanto 2 comes it's out, just we like will, how we'll they're trying this. to overcorrect with the princesses and they don't just love the one boy, right? Okay. <laughs> like but like you know, the princesses they're they're correcting now with there's not it's not just the boy, right? So this to me seems like these are the classics, right? Not the Renaissance, not the princesses. This is, these are the classics that they're trying to re to, to correct. Like what what when you go back and watch this movie and they're drinking beer and smoking cigars, not real beer and foam. So, so they're they're now trying to overcorrect because our kids are gonna go out and be like, let me get a beer. Like, let me do that at nine years old because I saw it on TV. Unlike when you watched it in 1944 or 1990 or whenever, you were like, Mommy, what are they doing? Why are they doing that? You know, you didn't, you weren't, and your parents probably just lied to you. Tag they me. They didn't say. Tag me. Tag me. The old Coach. movie was, the old movie was do as I say, not as I do. While the new movie is yes. make an informed decision for yourself. And that right. is the difference between our generation as the city millennials and, hmm. And I would really actually just say the boomers because the Gen X is it's it's kind of a toss up because the Gen X's could be a do as I say not as I do or a make an informed decision because considering because considering my own relationship between my two parents because my two parents they are both Gen X separated between seventy two and seventy three and I grew up as in me just growing up solely with my mother my mother's perspective was a do as I say and not as I do. <laughs> Versus my father's perspective right, is my parents are boomers, make an important decision for yourself. Lizette looking at you like, watch what you're saying, yeah, my boy. My my parents were <laughs> definitely like, this is what you do. I said and it, I meant it, Lizette. I said it. It's over here. One thing I think, going to your point, Ashton, something, and me and Twin have talked about it with our twinliness of what's happening in our life right now. I... With my family, and I've I, always been a transparent person, and again, if my folks are watching this, facts is facts. We can fight about this later. The most powerful thing my family recently did was say to me, if I had had you in the now time, I would have parented you 110% different. It would be like night and yeah. day. And it was because, like, mm -hmm. I told them, like, I, I literally just told them to, their, to your, to their, I, I'm comfortable enough, thank you to 10 years of therapy, telling them, I was like, I don't feel emotionally safe with you. I don't like, I don't like coming to y'all with my problems. I don't like telling y'all what's going on in my life because I feel like whatever. And my dad and my mom like whole apologized to me. And basically um, they were like, if we have your, when we, when you have your children, it don't expect, like, I know that you have fear of them experiencing what you experienced, but we're not the same parents at, you know, 40, 50, 60 that we were when we had you at 22, 23, 25. Like you were born in 1992. Mm -hmm. You're going to have your kids in 2030, give or take. Expecting us to be exactly the same is holding us to 1992 standards when I'm most certainly mm -hmm. here in 2020, whatever. And, and I was what like, is, 
changed and come about in information for them and what is mm -hmm. acceptable that your friends aren't going to shun you is a hundred percent different. And I'm going to piggyback, piggyback off of that being a mother and having a child in, two, in 2012 in this day and age. And there's a conversation I just had with my, with my high schoolers. They were talking about like, you know, why, you know, most of them are talking about being depressed and dealing with their emotions and how their parents are like, oh, why are you depressed? You have a roof over your head and you're happy. My son literally came out this summer and was like, I want to kill myself. He didn't mean it. He knew what those words were. My point being is I had a conversation with him. Instead of me getting angry with him and be like, why are you depressed? You have a roof over your head. You got a switch. You got this. You got that. Nah, sons, I said, sat him down. Let's have a conversation. What is making you sad? What can I do to help you? And my son at 10 years old, who is on the autism spectrum, literally said to me, mom, I think I want to go into therapy. I want to talk about my issues because my feelings are really dark. And I was like, that's great. That's a, that's a great first step, son. While his father was getting ready to be his behind, I was like, ah, pause. We're not going right. to do that. Not this generation. Not with these kids. Not with mm. my child. Relax. He knows what he said. He knows he didn't mean it, but he also acknowledges the fact that his feelings and his thoughts are a little bit on the dark side. And we're going to work on that. And that's something mm -hmm. as a parent we have to work on. And I'm I'm kind of grateful for these new Disney movies. And even though my child is not a big Disney, you know, nut, but he'll sit down and watch Encanto and Turning Red with me. And he'll and he'll ask those important questions. And we'll like, you know. You know, I'll ask him, like, do you feel this way about me? He says, no, you talk to me. My son is comfortable to come to me, to talk to me whenever he's feeling anything. He'd rather come to me than his dad because I will take that time. My parents, my parents are the, um, you know, pre-bloomer parents. They're the ones who would have beaten my behind when I was 12, talking about I want to kill myself. I'm depressed. And literally put belts to my skin. Okay, so basically, long story short, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, this new generation of parents, the ones who are in tune and trying to end um, generational trauma, mm -hmm. it's like, it ends with me, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And my son, like I said, my son totally acknowledges, like, okay, mom, I got these thoughts, I got to get rid of them. And that's what these parents need to understand. And that's why I can understand why a lot of people don't like these Disney movies, because some of them can't relate. And I'm like, mm, you can't relate, but guess what? As somebody who had the overbearing parent slash grandparent slash great aunt right. literally criticized me on every step uh, because of my looks and how uh, who I am, or the fact that they had another child, my mother and father, because the first child was way too intelligent and they could not handle her, you know? I, it's just reliving those family traumas over and over and over again. And eventually it has to stop somewhere. So is you know if you do end up having children of your own for the other uh, two if you do i'm just saying it's great that you know you acknowledge it and there's a different like there's a time for gentle parenting and there's a time for like boy if you don't get over there and get in that right you know, know you don't crazy. yeah but it's, so. also, but it's also about i'm sorry keep going no no i'm done uh, it's also then about understanding who your children are mm-hmm in all of who they are. Yes. And not just the parts that they show. So mm -hmm. since we're since we're since we're here, good old just like good old unpacking trauma and everything else. Well, is it I don't think it's just understanding who your child is. I think part of the problem is accepting that 
this portion of who my child is, is not something I was prepared for. And being open to adapting and changing and something that my parents had to accept, and I think a lot of parents have to accept is that that newer parents are, are accept much faster and easier mm-hmm. is saying to yourself, I made a mistake or saying to yourself, I don't know what to do. And a lot of parents don't like showing their children that they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. problem becomes when you're of the older generation, you tended to handle problems with it like a battering ram, spam plan A, you're going to be this way, my way, no highway option, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of newer parents understand that there's more than one way to skin a cat, you know, six and one half dozen sound the same. Like they're so. And it doesn't work for every child. You have to and do exactly. And you accept your Like, I used to have a comparison problem with my parents and I was always being compared to my older. Why Michelle would do this. Michelle would do this. Michelle. I'm like, I ain't Michelle. And it took a really long time. Honestly, my whole embodiment of who I am is a manifestation of me literally saying, I'm going to be me because Mm y'all won't let me be me. Mm -hmm. And I almost wanted, I I just recently told my mom. Like, I, I just like, if y'all had, if I had had the representation that I needed and if I had been allowed to explore and be myself, I probably wouldn't be as flamboyantly gay as hell as I am now. When? No, 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 no. Like, please understand what I'm saying. I'm not no, saying. No, I, I understood you. It was just super yeah, funny. That's for, like, that's just, like, I'm not saying I wouldn't be <laughs> me. I'm just saying. so funny. My vocalization, my aggressive self-love, my very much empowerment of others and almost codependency on making people be their best selves is literally because I manifest and see through other people, you're not being your best self. So let me help you be your best self. I'm healing my inner trauma about not being allowed to be my best self by making you your best self. And that's why I was saying, like, I do think this is more of a caution. Like, yes, Pinocchio is the main character, but it's more of a parenting story versus a child story. I can mm-hmm. agree. And, and but twin, the reason why I said the reason why I paused, the reason why I gave you that pushback on that one is because remember, remember three, remember three years back, if not three, like two and a half years back, I sent you that clip. I sent you like that little piece of information about caterpillars and butterflies and the fact that the wing structures are actually underneath the skin of a caterpillar even once it first hatches and the even that the colors are already ingrained into the dna oh yeah to, i mean a, a peach tree gonna be a peach tree you can't expect no apple or, or 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 something else but here's i'm the just thing. saying i wouldn't be this species of peach if i had been allowed to grow somewhere else i'm going to push back on that one because i'm going to say this because it's always been who you are even in me knowing you over the past now 11 years this same John that I see, I saw all the glimpses of on the campus of Hampton University in the band room, in the conversation. Can I comment as someone that doesn't know John? Because I feel like what's being said is if you get to be you all the time and not have to wait until you're like 20, you know, it's not like this big burst that you have to put out all the time. It's just floating through life. But now but like, you to wait 20 years, like you're going to put it out like a fucking highlight. Like I need y'all to see me all the time. Well, real quick, real quick, since since we understand how music and stuff works, right? If, see, if you have if you have a note that you got to play at Fortissimo and sustain it from the time that you play it, 
is it going to demonstrate more? It's going to demonstrate more significance at measure 30 than it's going to at measure 12 because it happened at measure 12, but you're familiar with it by the time you get to measure 30. As opposed to what's let me let me finish right quick. Let me finish right quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What I'm saying is that regardless of the regardless of when the opportunity happens for you to play your fortissimo at your particular measure the brilliance of that note is always going to be there it's just less of a surprise if it happens sooner rather than later and i'm mm -hmm. saying this also as someone who's also come you're out recently for me you might have to repeat what you're saying <laughs> sorry i'm sorry no nah, what's your what's your what's your missing twin using the same metaphor if I'm a real, real, real loud B flat, the top above the staff, your analogy makes sense. What I'm saying is mm -hmm. I've been sustaining this note at Fortissimo all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. My point mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. I'm loud all the time. If I yeah. had been allowed to play earlier, I could have decrescendoed down to a more tolerable consistency. You, I'm not saying the note's changing. I'm saying mm -hmm. I feel like I've been on rest for 168 measures, and now you're gonna hear me all the time. If I had been allowed to come Wait, in when I was supposed to, we're right to come here. In, we're right here. If I had been, I wouldn't feel the need to be fortissimo for the rest of the daggone movement. Twin, we're right here. You but and I are right saying, here. We're right it's here. Not, it's but, not. It's, but here's it's, the thing. But here's, I'm saying. Here's go, here goes what here's what I'm saying about understanding who your child is. Because mm -hmm. what because what we have to understand is the, is that the facts don't change. How you see the facts is what informs your understanding. So mm -hmm. I remember that I was having this conversation with my grandmother after we impact all of the trauma over the past five generations of my family through six different bloodlines that just so happened to vest through me as to why I've got to be the curse breaker. I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. But. When my grandmother and I were having that conversation, she said, you know, when you were younger, I did see these blips here and there, and I didn't know what they were. But now I understand who you are because I see the facts for what they're actually presenting. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of, just like with Geppetto, Geppetto says, I made a puppet. Okay, the puppet is moving. Okay, the puppet is talking. The puppet is responding. I'm doing what I got here. And I fucked that shit up. I really, really did. And I don't even normally swear this much on, on regular video cameras. So, you know, we're, we're, we're really going through some stuff right now. We're really mm -hmm. unpacking stuff right now. But when Geppetto, at the time in which it was a crisis for him and Pinocchio, at the nature of their relationship, very similar to how it was in myself and my grandmother. When, Pinocchio, when Geppetto looked at Pinocchio and said, I've realized I've been doing too much. And you know what? I'm going to change how it shifts. The facts that Pinocchio was a walking, talking puppet who interpreted the world never changed. Mm. The perspective of that walking, talking puppet is what changed for Geppetto. Mm -hmm. Much as it did for your parents, much as it did for mine. Much as I'm certain, listen, much as I'm certain in some aspect and some people that Lizette or either Ashen know and understand has also then changed. The facts of who they are, the facts of who we are don't ever move. They don't ever move. Mm. Ooh, following along this lovely musical analogy. Ooh, so if you remember at Hampton, something that Rasan said all the time, and Ladson said too, 
playing, John playing, Brown out the character of, playing out of the character of your instrument because you feel like you have to be louder than what you actually can do. And I Where'd swear, now that you say this analogy, I'm looking at Pinocchio and I'm like, yo, you have always been this way and Geppetto had to realize you, but when you have a bad conductor, a bad lead, your sheet music is everywhere but where it needs to be, you don't do what you gotta do to be heard. If you don't understand the instrument, you can't play the music the right way. Hold up, Ashton, what are you gonna say? Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Ashton. Me? Go oh. ahead. Um, from what you guys are saying, they don't show us any time with Geppetto parenting Pinocchio at all. They tell nope. us that they spent time together, then he sends them into the world, and that is all. Like, there mm -hmm. is no parenting done. He's just, go out and see if you can come back. And <laughs> you mentioned, like, you know, the kid didn't know where school was. He's following school. He gets kicked out of school. He doesn't end up coming home. He waits till five o'clock to go see, where's my kid? Your kid walked up the street. If your kid wasn't back by 3.30, where's your kid? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he doesn't parent his child at all, which is also probably um, something from like working too much and like being the dad and being like the breadwinner. And now, you know, or all these years later, or thinking that he did enough. Right. So, or, you know, not be again your trauma and maintaining that you are not actually my son. You were actually just a puppet who I wish was my son. So I don't really need to be looking after you like you actually my son and causing right. all your trauma and stress till the very end. Like, oh, no, I traumatized you like you actually are my son. So let me right. treat you like you're actually my son. Because I tried to make you into the image of my son, knowing full and damn well that that was never going to be because yes, of the fact that circle. I can never have my son back. Yes, you know, full Back to the end of the movie of him telling him, man, I messed up. Like, I love you for how you are. And then we the don't know if it's a, a dream or, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, we could write dissertations off these. these I wasn't expecting, so I wasn't expecting to unpack more generational and parental trauma with Pinocchio. Not with mm -hmm. Pinocchio. Yeah, John, when you put the, the grief question, I was like, I have no idea how to answer this question. But Ashton, let's go into let's go into your question though. Let's go into yours about this unconditional love right quick, because it's it's coming on back. Like Celine uh, Dion said, it's all coming back to me now. Keep going. Let's go. So um, I don't know if I have a good question. It was just more about like in the original in the original one, um, Pinocchio, he just kind of fumbles through life and he does all these things to because he gets to go home after Treasure Pleasure Island. He goes home and realizes that his dad is gone. He's been gone a while. Mm -hmm. This all didn't happen in one day. And then he has to go out and like find him. But that's probably the only good decision that he made, right? So when he, you know, when you think of the rest of the day, he gets uh, coaxed in by Honest John to go be famous. And he loved being famous and he liked all the attention. And then his dad still, like at the end of the day, loved him. And it was like his second chance. And how does that go for like parents or like children wanting their parents love and like you don't understand that your parents love should be unconditional and that you don't actually have to earn it but Pinocchio is constantly going through life trying to make his father proud and in the original not the original in the 2022 one Honest John gets him by saying well fame is going to make your parents proud so like you don't need school and that's not really the message in the first one it's more just like easy street easy street is the way to go so that your dad is is happy now for just instant gratification rather than he wanted to go to school. And like I said, it's again, the, pr the proud thing of his parents is how they got him to keep going on these things. And then in Pleasure Island, they didn't convince 
outcome of that in the did anyone else lose her or just me i did also ash i need ash you were you, you were giving some good stuff i need you to back it up back it up back it up okay um you're breaking up the last thing that we heard coherently was honest john um easy street and you get this root beer and then it gets kind of scary Ashton, we missed your whole, you, you, we missed your sermon. We missed your sermon. The last thing that we heard was, um, yeah. the last thing we heard was John, okay, John so telling Pinocchio that him being, oh, and now the little spinny wheel is doing the thing. That's okay. She'll be back. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to write it down. I'm, I'm, I'm going to write it here in the chat. Be like this. Go back to your sermon. Last thing we heard. <laughs> No, 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 because that was no, because no, she was preaching for a moment. She was, yeah, preaching she, for a she moment. was making some good points. Yeah. How, how honest. See, y'all gonna make me have to go back and rewatch this movie and sit through it again and then process my trauma like I did the other movies that we just recently got. This is about to be crazy. Yeah, thank you, twin. Appreciate it. You know, that 98 words per minute comes in handy. You know my my ADHD my ADHD kicked in and I was like, mm, that executive dysfunction be real bad, real bad. Dang, bro, like you were that right here because that, that was me at work today. They were doing construction outside. Like he's trying to make phone calls and write IEPs. No, that's not happening. I'm going home. That's why I take meds. Dang, man, she was on a sermon and we was all like, she was because it reminded me about a conversation that I had with my father that helped me process the issues with my maternal family. And I'm gonna wait till she comes back before I can bring it on up. <laughs> Man, I don't think my family don't watch these podcasts because they, they be getting dragged for this. They be, they be getting dragged for these, ep for these episodes like piece by piece. <laughs> piece Ooh. by piece. She back? Hey, I can see me. Can you guys see me? Yes. I don't know, okay. can you hear me? So Ashley, yes. can you hear us? Yes, I think I think California's trying to have a thunderstorm and it's affecting what's happening. Okay. Say so it's very rare. It hasn't rained in years. Come on, Cinderella story. Anyway. Okay. Um, so like that, the last thing that we heard was where Honest John told Pinocchio that fame was what was going to make his parent proud. And we were talking about the unconditional love. That's the last bit that we heard. Can you rehash that okay. right quick? Because you was giving us some good points. Like my spirit felt it. I couldn't hear, but my spirit felt where you were going. I hope so. Okay, I'm gonna try. Um, okay, so. I was trying to say that, you know, Pinocchio is trying to earn his dad's love instead of realizing that it's unconditional love. So Honest John in the 2022 one is telling him that fame is the way to get your father's love. Like it's a, it's this great thing that everyone will love you. Your father will be proud of you because you've gone out and achieved this thing. And the original one, they're just telling him it's easy street. This is what you should do because right now this is instant gratification and it'll make your father proud of you. So then when they go to pleasure Island, that is, again, Honest John and uh, Gideon, the cat, coming up to him and, like, convincing him that he should go and do these things. And then just getting rid of uh, Jiminy Cricket, who's still telling him, no, 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 just what to do, and him not making decisions. But in the original, in the 22 one, they snatch him off the street. And they take him and they do the peer pressure song, which is terrifying because Jiminy was trying to explain peer pressure. And then he got kind of kicked away. So he doesn't really understand, what do I do when my friends want to do stuff? What do I do when I think it's bad? Because he tells him, I'm, I'm, I don't trust you. Like, I'm scared. And then they go to Pleasure Island, and Pleasure Island gets kind of scary quickly. 
Like they get on this boat, you have a nice root beer and then it got, gets faster. And then it's like rage room, kids like destroying things, kids fighting, like, and he's never even gone into the world. So like, this is scary. They don't really do that in the original one. It's fighting, but like, it's fun and games and like, we're going to break stuff. And like, it's kind of like what they think mischievous kids did, I guess, before we had TV to tell us what we should do. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, at the end of it, he comes back around at, in the original one. Like he realizes his father is gone and he's been gone and looking for him all this time while he's just been out making all these horrible decisions. And he comes back and kind of like, it's more like he earns his father's love by going out to find him and saving him. And he dies in the process. But because of all of that, he earned his father's love. Whereas in the 22 one, I felt more like him and his father both realized this is unconditional love. And I love you no matter what's going on. And I just need to, I just need to let you know that and like be there for you. And again, I liked the ending because of that and how it was like, it could be real, could not be real. It was both of them needing to have that, you know? I, I can, and the I original can love was earned while in the new one, it was freely given as it should be. Right. And that goes back to what you were saying before, Ashton, about how Disney is just basically like redoing the movies and giving the lessons that should have been there from the first place. Yeah. Um, I do like that. One thing I was saying in the chat real quick while you were talking is that when you're talking about Pleasure Island where he's starting to know things are wrong, I was noticing at the very end of that water boat scene, right before they get to like the pool hall, the music gets decidedly like, you know, a whole bunch of sharps and flats and chromatic scaly and like it gets really dystopian and slow and sounds very wrong. And okay. it happens. it happens right as they get to... Well, it starts as they get to the scene where, like, they're, like, shouting out into, like, the mirror and, like, screaming into the void, which, as all traumatized children do. And it was when they got to the school montage and they're, like, breaking everything. It's when the music got real slow, real chromatic, and Pinocchio's face was like, oh, I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta love the score. They do, they do help that with, like, guiding the emotion. Like- I think they do a great job with that. Mm-hmm. And I love that it happened at the school portion of that ride, quote unquote, because that was when that's what originally his father wanted him to do. Like, I want you to go to school. And again, mm-hmm. the whole montage of trying to do what's right and earning your father's love and da 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 da. And that's what I said before if you don't have guidance, you're trying to do the right thing and you are making the wrong decisions in the process. Like, here's another school, but you're not the school you're supposed to be at. Right. And you don't want to learn these lessons. Mm -mm. to go along with that i remember having a conversation with my dad back in september 2020 um where we were talking about unconditional love and me me growing up in a very very christian household like oh yeah unconditional love boom boom wham 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 my father explained it in a way that i never really like thought about where he basically said it's like it's he's like it's there he's like it's really it's like he basically there's really no such thing as no as unconditional love but unconditional love is really when there's love that's shown above all conditions, mm-hmm. which is not the same. Cause like an unconditional love is like whatever, there are no conditions versus love I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you over whatever conditions I may have necessarily had. Cause in reality, we all have conditions on our love within a reasonable degree because we choose right. who we wish to be in relationship with. Right. What that relationship looks like, the extent of that relationship, and the extent of the access. We all do. 
But real unconditional love, when we see it, because we recognize it, is like, you know what? Above all those things that I understood love to be, I'm giving it to you. Mm-hmm. Do you Regardless. think that with that thought path, unlike mm-hmm. his original son, who obviously came from his loins, Geppetto had to choose to love Pinocchio? Because wooden with parental love, you know, as you a wooden puppet, like not a living being thing with which he created biologically, but something that was the work of his own hands, an active choice. <laughs> and we all have like a love of the makesmanship that we do. Like we have things that we do that, that we have a certain type of love, love. And Geppetto had to choose to change the love that he had for Pinocchio, the wooden doll versus mm-hmm. Pinocchio the living wooden doll versus Pinocchio the wooden mm-hmm. doll who's also my son. Which kind of goes I to think, something like... Go ahead, Ashen. I was going to say, I think that has to do with like the movie constantly giving him a second chance to to do the right thing and then still trying to get back to his dad to have unconditional love. And that's mm-hmm. why, I guess, other than like children kind of just tell you what they're doing, but like that was part of why... He was shouting at his dad, like, this is how my day went. And this is all the crazy things that I got into. So that he, his dad knows what happened and, like, what he went through, you know? I thought and the, the question really is, like, how many second chances do you get? But that's, a, but that's, an, that's an understanding about, then again, love over condition. Right. I guess that's what I understand what you said. Because no, because because love over condition is really that understanding of grace. But he also then got to think about then the posture of your heart. Because <laughs> regardless of whatever Geppetto did, the posture of his heart towards Pinocchio never changed. <laughs> Pinocchio, Ooh. regardless of what he did, the posture of his heart towards his father never changed. I got a sucker they, punch question. And when, when they both recognize, and when they both recognize that their posture then wasn't going to change that then gave new depth and new life, new realness to their relationship as father and son. Regardless of the way it may have looked like to other people, their hearts were in the right place. So my sucker punch question, thinking as we relate this to our personal stories, whether we are parents or, you know, uh, not parents, just talking about our own parental issues that we deal with with our parents, do you think because Pinocchio is essentially the mind of a child versus if he if all these things happen, these are years going by and now Pinocchio is older. Back to your question, Ashton, with chances. Mm-hmm. Do you think at a certain point, if these things continue to happen to Pinocchio because he gained no guidance, would he have said, F it, I'm done trying? I think society tells us that he would, yes. Because so based off the story, his posture doesn't, but his heart posture doesn't. No, no, no. Like you will forever seek our parents' love. Not talk to them as, anymore. As children, we are going to forever seek our parents' love, and that is why it's traumatic to have to cut off your parent for A, B, C, D, E reason. That doesn't mean the action of cutting a parent off doesn't still happen. So my right. question is not does Pinocchio want to cut him off? I'm saying at a certain point, if this is not Pinocchio the child, which is the movie. Mm-hmm. If it's Pinocchio, the elder teenager, Pinocchio, the young adult, the Pinocchio who has been dealing with his parental trauma and his parent essentially not treating him as who he is, but some other amalgamation of this internal picture in his head, would Pinocchio have stopped trying to earn his father's love? 
Even yeah. if eventually Geppetto came back around exactly as he did, it verbatim the same with the way that Pinocchio is and then Jiminy being his quote-unquote conscience never being where he needs to be when he needs to be there. Would Pinocchio eventually look at Geppetto and be like, I'm done trying. I don't care what happens at this point. I don't care what happens in my life to me or to you. I love you, but I'm going to do me and whatever happens, happens. I'm, say, I'm saying yes. I'm saying no. See, I told you this is another punch question because right. like you have to age up the Pinocchio that's here and not look at the actual ending, but look mm -hmm. at if literally all this is taking place over years, over decades, over whatever, not this mm -hmm. instant, but mm -hmm. there is no reconciliation ever happening. It's literally back to back to back, Geppetto constantly, whatever, or Pinocchio being away from geppetto or whatever is happening and he's still trying to get back to his dad Cho trying to get back to his dad maybe he does get back to his dad maybe geppetto still treats him the same way and sends him back out into the world again saying hey yo you got to figure this out my guy um you know i trust i trust that you will make the right decisions without raising you to make the right decisions and then again pinocchio gets in some messed up situations and tries to get back to his dad and tries to get back to his dad and then it's a constant cycle over years mm -hmm. at a certain point I feel like I'm not saying Pinocchio will cut off his dad because he wants to. I'm saying I'm done putting myself in these situations, trying to come back to you and you consistently not recognizing that you're the one putting me in these situations. Space I'm done. Space and grace. And that's the reason why I'm saying no, because I've done it myself. Because I have done it myself. Because twin, as you know, Lizette and Ash, and I guess whoever else who listens to this podcast, as you also know, I live 15 minutes away from my, I live 15 minutes away from my immediate family. My immediate family who I've known for all of my days. My immediate family within their own reasonable, not even reasonable degree, wholly unreasonable and totally fucked up a lot of different ways, rejected key portions of who I am for the purposes of their own expectations of me and our relationship, right? And I had to choose to get, I had to choose the space for myself, so that then I could let go of all that hurt mm -hmm. to heal and to process. But the fact of the matter is, the reconciliation is not my choice. Because if I'm not the one who caused the harm, it is not my choice to then try to come back into the fold whatsoever. But because the fact that my heart posture has not changed towards my family, when that reconciliation is willing to wait, is willing for, on their end to work its way back on in, is then we can have that conversation. But I can let go of all of the bullshit in time with therapy and processing and chosen family like Pinocchio found in Zabina to then allow for that room and that grace for me to then also grow. So that we then, when so that we then, when they choose to come back into the fold, if they do. Right. And, I'll be and in a, I, will, I will then be in a space to receive it because I chose to put that space in the thing. So if we have a 30 year old Pinocchio, hey, over here, how you doing? And I'm over here living my life as I choose to on my own terms. If you choose not to come back into the fold, that is your choice. It is not that's my, my problem. It is your choice. You're, you're talking about Pinocchio and them reconciling i'm talking about the pinocchio says i'm done trying i'm not saying he'll never give geppetto the chance 
I'm mm-hmm. saying I'm done trying. They're not. They're, like, they're they're not. They're not mutually exclusive. They're not mutually exclusive. No, I'm not. I'm saying like you're talking about and somewhat projecting, talking about Pinocchio mm-hmm. essentially saying I'm done trying, but whenever you're ready to fix your stuff, I'll be here. Which is what I'm also saying. I'm mm-hmm. not. You're saying no, it couldn't happen. I'm saying Pinocchio is going to say I'm going to choose as you literally just verbatim said. I'm going mm-hmm. to live my life how I so deem it to be correct. And whether or not you accept it is irrelevant. Exactly. In the current iteration of Pinocchio, he's still constantly trying to get Geppetto's love and trying to do all these things that I want to make my father Mm -hmm. proud. And it's, but are you proud Pinocchio? Are you the 30 year old, 25 year old Pinocchio happy with these decisions? I think if we bring in once upon a time, we can answer this question. Because it's no, like he doesn't do well and he misses his papa and he turns into the little boy. And I, I love, you know, that's fine. But I think if we're just going off of what they've given us, they've done a great job of him being a small child. Like I think in the, um, in the OG one, he was really like more of a buffoon. Like he really just didn't have common sense or any mm-hmm. idea of what was going on. And in the second one, or the, the 22 one, he was more of a child that was confused and needed guidance and, I thought they they made that come off really well. So for the character that he was as, as being, let's say, like under 10, he wants his, his parents' approval. That's what you crave as a little child. I think if we got like a an adolescent version, we could answer this a bit more where, mm. you you know, you don't care about your parents as much. Your friends become way more entertaining. The outside world becomes an influence in a different way. Um that's where you'll get that sense of I can be me and I don't need my parents approval. I think we just need him to age a little more. But if we want to reference once upon a time, I think August, right. He, he decided that he made bad decisions and he had a great time. And then he was turning back into wood. But he was turned back into wood because the curse got reversed, not because of his own choice. I, are we sure about that? That's are we going to argue plot nuance or going to focus on the actual point okay. of the question? We'll come back to that. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Once Upon a Time podcast. I'd have three. Anyway, we'll, long pick, story, we'll pick an episode I, for Once I, Upon a Time. We'll I, pick I, an episode for so, that. So I'm going to piggyback off of this. Because, oh, that yeah, as somebody, as somebody whose parents um, kind of want to keep me as a puppet, right? Do whatever they wanted me to do. And I wanted their approval and wanted to make, make them proud. Um, but at the same time, I was my own person. I had to make my own decisions. Um, eventually... I am somebody who had to cut off my parents. I had to cut them off for seven years. Did not talk to them. Did not want to be bothered with them. Wow. Did not want anything to do with them because eventually, even though I wanted to make them proud, and they but they still wanted to keep me as a little kid. They still at 21, 22, want to beat me with a belt. Keep that in mind. Right. I'm young. I was like, I got to cut you off. I can't do this anymore. Plus, I'm trying to go to college and you weren't seeing me. They wanted me to be a post that was, like, why go to school? I want to be a teacher. I don't, I don't, I'm not. Right. I, what do you mean? I want to be a teacher. Right. So I had to cut my family off for seven years. Now, when I came back, I only came back only because of the fact that my father, unfortunately, started going through dementia and then eventually it did develop to Alzheimer's. So eventually he kind of forgot who I was at a certain point. He would come in and out, whatever, fine. And I helped my mother out. But then my mother, being my mother, was doing the same thing she was doing before. She, mm-hmm. even though I had given her a grandchild, I've given her the son. She always wanted. She, she didn't want girls. I've given her a son. She's always wanted. And I gave her a beautiful son-in-law and everything else. 
Um, she only still saw me as a little kid at 35 years old. As yet, a little kid, right. So, like, when my father loving her. Like, you never stopped loving them. Right. I never, like, there was love. You realize. But it was love from a distance. Yeah. It's like, at a certain point. Space and grace. It's just. Not nah, like it's your choice. We're good. It's, it's a it's you know what? I'm good here. I accept a, you for it's, who it's, you are, and your expectations are not for me. Be blessed. Selah. May the Thank Lord you. watch between me and V while we are absent and apart from one another. That's really what it eventually comes down to. Which is what I'm saying. That's why in an aged up, if Geppetto did nothing different. No reconciliation, no realization. Contentiously, the pattern is the same the entire way from being an under 10-year-old to being a, puber- a prepubescent to being a pubescent to being a teenager, 18-year-old, and then living his life. If nothing changed, I do not think an elder Pinocchio would care what happened to Beto. What happens, happens. And I'm here if you want me here. And if not... I'm going to be satisfied with my life regardless because mm-hmm. I'm tired of trying to put myself in situations to make you happy. Like literally most of the, uh, that's, and that's what you said before, Ashton, the second, the, the newer movie is literally just about Pinocchio constantly trying. That's how people manipulate him, making your father proud. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Um, Zem, Zemboni, Stromboli, whatever the man's name is, um, literally said in the, when he was in a cage, your dad don't care about you. You a puppet. And that hurt, that come to the quick. Right. So, I feel like at a certain point, not that Pinocchio would withhold his love from his father, not that Pinocchio would actually like completely like be like, nah, F you dad. I don't like in a rebellious way, but more so in a cause and effect, I'm putting myself in these disastrous situations because I want you to love me as Mm -hmm. me. And I think that that is also a very powerful thing an acceptance of self of who i mm-hmm. am and everything that i am and if geppetto had never had the realization in the new old whatever pinocchio was gonna be like i'm out i'll i'll visit i'll visit sienna every once in a while you know maybe he would have taken um zambina up on the you know I'll after saving him from monstro yeah right would have been like maybe that next year if geppetto didn't have that realization if if at the very end of the thing and that never happened, the next year come around, he would have told Zambina, you know what? Let's go. Or eventually, I feel like eventually he would have gone out into the world saying, well, Jiminy ain't doing what he's supposed to do eventually. And my father couldn't give two, two licks about what actually happens to me. Like he pretends because that's what he knows he's supposed to do as a parent, but you're still not giving the emotional affirmation that I need as an actual human being. I'm good. I'll see you when we come back every year. How you doing, mom, pop? You know, and that's good. That's going to be it. Mm-hmm. I'm not cutting you off. I'm just saying I cannot exist as who I am and love myself and be in your roof and put myself in these crazy situations. And then literally, even still, Pleasure Island. He didn't say, I don't think this is right. He said, I don't think this is what my father would want me to be. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything is through the lens of his father's love and being proud of him and da 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 da. Not right. once 
did he ever really like till the very end start talking for himself and about himself and I don't like this. I don't want to do this. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And then you could compare him more to a toddler in that aspect too then because like your parents are the ones that fill you with who you are and like let you know to go out into the world and like be proud and strong and and how to hopefully face people. You know what I mean? So um as this being his first time into the world, he doesn't know what to do. And he's like, I don't think my dad would let me do this. I I don't know what to do. And because he's so new, he doesn't have that reassurance. And he doesn't have Jiminy on his shoulder to constantly tell him like, yes, your parents do love you and you shouldn't believe these lies and you should go do whatever. He doesn't have that yet. Cause he's just, I guess, new to the world. You know, it's more of the Frankenstein. I've been alive for an hour and I'm trying to process everything that you're throwing at me. And there is no one here to tell me, what the right thing to do and we can see exactly like you said before he spent a lot of time existing next to pinocchio and i think a lot of parents who have that phenomenon where they don't that there's a psychological phenomenon i can't remember the name of where like you you acknowledge this is your child but that parental attachment doesn't happen and mm-hmm. basically like you exist next to your child you take care of your child because that's what that's what a parent's supposed to do you develop right. that inner resentment whatever whatever that's that's a whole other conversation mm-hmm. but basically not once did he have any frame of reference for anything that he was experiencing. And he on um, and also he didn't know Jim Geppetto didn't know Jiminy ever existed until like later. The so very end, yeah. He literally sent his son out into the world with nothing, like diddly, and expected him to know what to do because again, cycling back, he thought this was his he thought this was his son. So all the he I don't know if he thought maybe the all the memories of his previous son would get implanted. I don't know. But my whole thing is Geppetto did diddly. And like, as everyone does, as everyone knows, preacher kids go to college the first time and they're in those situations. Myself, you know, being the church kid, I, when, when stuff happens, I hear my mom or my dad here or my aunts or my uncles, whatever. There's, I have a frame of reference of what right and wrong is. Pinocchio had diddly. And even if the blue fairy gave her, gave him Jiminy, Jiminy is not his parent. Jimmy's a criminal. Jimmy's a criminal. Let's make that clear. Jiminy is a a homeless man and is dealing with systemic problems. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. I think Geppetto failed in not um, in in, in, in not giving him a world beyond a perspective that he already understood. He never gave him a baseline. Never gave him a baseline. And so, again, like I said to my sucker punch question, eventually Pinocchio was going to stop trying to fulfill a directive or expectation that was never fully explained to him, ever. He's going to say, you know what? I'm good. Have a blessed day. I'll see you every year, Dad, when we come back around. But right now, I'm good. Have a great day. As I've done. That's why I said, that's why I said in my position. It's like, as this thing has been expanding, I'm like, huh, this is... Been- not Pinocchio was hasn't been a nice experimentation and like a demonstration of the past two years of my life. Crazy. Yeah, like I'm not saying like Geppetto, like him, he would cut off Geppetto, like how unfortunately like Lizette had to cut off her parents because the, the toxicity was too strong. I think that Geppetto would recognize that there's no maliciousness there, but I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And like I yet I obviously he looked for his son when he didn't come home. So Geppetto's also, he's not a bad parent, quote unquote. He's just making some real bad decisions. They're not, they're not mean spirited. 
they're not whatever. It's not I'm doing the best that I can. It's a literal like I don't know what I'm doing, and uh, and therefore not therefore doing the best that I understand. Like it's not working, and the worst part about it is like Pinocchio has to suffer the harm for it, and that's why I was saying he's not going to cut off Geppetto. When I say cut off, I mean it's a you're over there, I'm over here, and we exist on the same plane. So space and whatever no you originally said no so you can't cycle back around and say yes actually john no, I agree no my argument always was going to be the space and the grace which is not going to be a full cutting off because a full cutting off is i don't care i don't give a fuck space and grace says i recognize where you are but i recognize where the boundary is and eh, if pinocchio is the way that i think he would be because again i'm adding in the variable of jiminy and always being late to the party that's gonna Pinocchio can develop resentment. He's just going to develop resentment. And unlike your situation or my situation or many people's situation, that's not going to be reconciled. Geppetto's not going to fix it in this miraculous alternative universe. So I say he will eventually be like, fuck it. I don't care anymore. Only because the resentment doesn't get resolved. Pinocchio doesn't have a therapist. Pinocchio doesn't have uh, somebody coming in behind or a twin to bounce at it's literally just him he's going to cut off geppetto the end whatever end of story there's nothing else happening i he's gonna say geppetto f you i'll see you every year but otherwise i don't you don't he's not gonna send letters he's not gonna send no money back home he's gonna be like live your best life pops i'm out i'll see you every year because i feel obligated to but outside of that i don't care Okay, we're gonna, I mean, we're, yeah, I, we're, I, we are we're gonna have a twin conversation off record because the gag okay. is I'm literally walking both sides of the pathway at the exact same time. We are gonna talk off record. We are gonna talk off record. You got a lot of off record conversations to have. A lot of things have happened it's in my so life. Weird. I mean, you hear it right, just constantly. Um, um so did we answer tell, all the questions? I think we did. Um, oh, we did. I think also like we also typically we've gone like a half hour to our Google time. Um, I think we have we can we can keep going. We can wrap. Um, it's really whatever y'all want to do. Is I there- would suggest wrapping just because I like podcasts, but if we hit two hours, I'm not gonna listen to us. Fam. Fam. I'm just like okay. I, I like to stay in that 58 to 90 minute range. <laughs> we are we are at 90 minutes right now. So let's see. How about this? Final thoughts. Final thoughts. There we go. Uh, I'll go. Um, final thoughts overall is I really enjoyed the the newer version and i hope disney sticks to this like not verbatim don't show me exactly what happened in the cartoon but similar so that i feel like i'm at home and comfortable with the movie but i get a few different nuances that i really enjoyed Um, sure i think this new movie was much more powerful than the og still i still like this one more than the original one I 110%, I'm loving this second renaissance of Disney. Like, I know everyone hates these remakes and whatever, but I think the stories they're telling and the lessons that they're given are, I think, much more important because they're just rehashing, hey, you missed it the first go around. We're going to make sure you learn it this time. So I'm I'm loving it. I'm living for it. And I can't wait to talk about everything else that's happening. Uh, for me, uh, uh, for me, Final thoughts on the Pinocchios. On the Pinocchios, I love the twenty-two. I love the twenty twenty-two version as opposed to the nineteen forty 
CBH for the 2022. The 1940s putting me to sleep. I'm not going to hold you. Um, I'm slightly insulted. I really do enjoy that version. I said what I said, and I meant what I said when I said um, okay. The ride is wonderful. You said what? The ride is wonderful. In Fantasyland at Disneyland, it's a great ride. That's completely fantastic. That's great. I haven't <laughs> been, so we're going to be fine. Um, but I'll say that to echo what both of you are saying. I appreciate that they are taking the old story, but peeling back those layers that were not discussed that surround the old story that then mm. gives you that new context. The facts don't change, but the interpretation thereof is what is different. Is what makes it ultimately makes it better. I'm looking forward to these other new remakes. Just like I know we're gonna need to do a two part episode for this for this little mer for this little mermaid live action, but before and after where are we ready? We ready, <laughs> Ashton? You know I'm ready. You know I'm, I'm so ready. Excited. So we're we're going dressed as a little mermaid. I mean, correct as you yeah, should. Um, I can't wait. We're doing hey, listen, I don't have a Jamaican accent. I, I'm a, I'm sorry. As a Jamaican, if that crab don't have a Jamaican accent, I have been lied to. Okay, I'm done. Go ahead, <laughs> I'm just waiting for the sermonic that's going to be part of your world. That's I look every every everybody lift your everybody lift up your hands and turn your Bibles. I'm ready for the sermonic. Okay, it sounds um, like we need to do I, like a, a have, movie book. I have not. Seen it, so I will. I, I will, will drive to Atlanta for that, Dana. I will drive to. Okay. Atlanta. When you are driving to Atlanta, I'm saying it. I'm establishing. Um, as someone who has seen, like, something. I, I really am appreciating, I do like the fact that Disney is owning up, like, okay, well, you know, we Disney-fied this back in the 40s and the 50s, it's a different way of thinking, and now um, they're doing they're doing something different to, like, address, like, the modern-day problems, so I think that we should still, I love it, um, not every remake is going to be a beautiful remake, but I do like a different telling of a story, and I look forward to unpacking more of this stage of emotional damage. <laughs> emotional damage. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's nothing. That's Disney all right now. Just emotional. Every time something happens, that's what my brain hears. Now, I mean, these, when you guys start doing with their DVDs, you know how they always have you got free digital copy. Uh, with this yeah. DVD, you get 10 free therapy sessions on Disney. <laughs> and, and one twin, you are putting yourself on mute. Yeah. <laughs> like you no, the gag is like I unmuted myself, I picked my hand up, my computer said. <laughs> That's how you know it's a wrap, y'all. Oh Let's go. He was like, "You're doing too much. You're doing too much." That's what he did. That little angel was like, "And mute." <laughs> um, I guess we're doing outros. Um, yes, Sebastian, can I help you? Sorry, my cat is trying to jump. Is in there my um? Is there something for us to say for our outro, like the intro? I'm gonna say who Pretty we are. Much where can they yeah. find you? You can basically you can tell the audience like how they can follow you or whatever you want to provide as your outro. Uh, so if people want to follow you on social media, 
they can follow you um, under whatever social media you want to provide. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to go because I'm talking. Um, thank you guys for having me. I had a good time. So hopefully you guys will have me back. Um, oh, definitely. You're in the official outro now. Wonderful. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention in the intro that I am a big Lord of the Rings nerd. Like, love all things Lord of the Rings. We can talk about that anytime. I'm thrilled. Uh, appreciate that, John. And, and I see you guys. I love that. Um, and then on social media, I'm on Instagram at Amazon Pixie doing random cosplay or softball or just hanging out with my kids all day, every day. Thanks, guys. Um, to say in my intro that my fandoms are uh, right now My Hero Academia and Sierra Moon all day, every day. Gang, gang. Um, you can find me on all platforms as Sailor X, what an X, Sailor Ecstasy, um, former stripper name. Um, and <laughs> um, you can find me on all platforms. Yep. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> now we're going down to the paint. Wait. Right. So anyway, oh, and I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. So hey. Yes. <laughs> Prince okay. John. Hey, y'all. My name is Prince John on all platforms. Oh, I'm getting ready to a blog about princely passions, which is my foray into all the tips and tricks of beauty and makeup and black luxe. Um, makeup artist, social media aficionado, and your resident therapist. Um, yeah. So follow me everywhere. Um, I'll post stuff in the comments whenever this gets posted. Yeah. And I'm I'm Demarius Newsom. I'm an attorney in Atlanta. Don't call me unless you're the victim of a crime because I do not do any of the kinds of law. Um, I can be found on Facebook via my first name, my last name when it drops on the flyer. Same deal. Also, my Instagram that's at fortunate three O's F O U R. Um, and I hope you have I hope you have enjoyed a glimpse into my 2022 therapy sessions. My therapist, I need to call my therapist because today unpacked a lot of things for me. As we said, emotional damage. Right? Emotional damage. And generational trauma. Exactly. Here comes the birds. And group song now. (laughs) We break into group song now. Uh, well, of no, course, everybody. Now, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> well, of course, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Um, definitely, uh, we look forward to definitely uh, engaging with you on our next Disney After Dark discussion. Um, this this little group right here will discuss which new Disney thing. And of course, May, let me go ahead and start making some calls and we have to book something for May so we can do like a, 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 a little screening and stuff. So I, I, I'll be, I'll let y'all know. <laughs> we, need that, we need a two-parter for the Little Mermaid live action before and Next after year, expectations and reality. We need Ooh. a two-parter. Okay, a two-parter. so like the, the week that it's getting ready to come out, the week before it comes out, we do a before and then yep. after it comes out, we do a after. Correct. Okay. That sounds great. Okay. Perfect. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Moana Nui podcast. We look forward to uh, seeing y'all next week. Of course, uh, follow us on all social media platforms. And of course, as of September 16th, we are now also on the eight uh, uh, age, yeah, agents of geekdom 
Network. So you can follow us on there where they have uh, various shows on um, each night. Um, Moana Nui always on Thursdays. And you can see other shows such, such as Chat and Draw and, um, and much more that you can have all kind of podcasts and discussions all week long on the Agents of Geekdom Network. So definitely check us out there. Follow us on Agents of Geekdom and, of course, Moana Nui podcast on all social media platforms. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in and have a good night. Bye, everyone. Bye.